So let's hear from God's word this morning in John chapter 15. It says this, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the words I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is the word of the Lord. Attachments. Our lives are filled with attachments. Relationships we're attached to. Jobs, school, hate to remind you, but coming, right? Tomorrow or soon. Hobbies, habits, sports teams. There's a popular one for some. Attachments. Things that are attached to our lives are things we're attached to. Some of these attachments feed us. They're good. Some of them drain us, not necessarily because they're bad, but they're difficult. Some can even consume us. What are you attached to? What is attached to you? I want you to take just a moment and think about that. What are some of the main things attached to your life or that you are attached to? From that list, what is important to your health and to your happiness? What is important to your productivity and your purpose? Indeed, of those things that are attached to you or you are attached to them, what is critically important to your life? In today's passage, Jesus is going to talk to us about being spiritually attached and how very, very important that is. The setting for the passage that Jared read earlier is the upper room discourse, it's often called, the night before the crucifixion where Jesus is speaking to his disciples. 
verse 1. I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. It's an allegory. It's a picture that Jesus is painting of a vineyard, as was described already. And in that vineyard are, is a vine, which is the life-giving source for the branches, and the goal is to produce fruit. And Jesus says, I am the true. Another translation there is, I am the real or genuine vine. Now think back about those things that are attached to you. There's a lot of things that attempt to be attached to us in our, in our lives or sometimes are attached to us that aren't the real thing. They declare they are. They're going to do this for us or they're going to help us do that or they're going to cure this situation if we just get attached to that. But Jesus says, I am the genuine, I'm the real source of life and strength, and energy, and health for the branches. And my father's the vine dresser. I like one translation says, my father's the gardener. Verse 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear fruit. Believers are the branches. Jesus is the vine. Okay, we've got the roles established now. But a question comes, the branches. We're all branches, right? You've heard the expression, I have. We're all God's children. People say that commonly. We're all branches. And yet, in Matthew 7, 21 through 23, Jesus said this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and perform many miracles, and then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Many people think they are branches. They think they're all right. They're good with God because they are good. They're good people. They do good things. They're even religious people and do religious things. And therefore, they're all going to heaven. They think. But that's not what Jesus says. Many will say to me, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, and look at all the things we did. Surely we're going to heaven. Surely we're all right with you. Surely we're a branch. And Jesus says, but I don't know you. The word know there is a relational term. It's not I know you. I know your name. I know you exist. It's a relational. We don't have a relationship. That's why you're not going to heaven. John 17, 3, Jesus says, this is eternal life. This is eternal life. That they may know you, 
That's what eternal life is. That they may have a relationship with you. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So many, Jesus says, who think they are branches aren't because they don't have a relationship with the living God. They know about him. They're religious. They're good but that's not good enough. So how does one get attached to the living God? Jesus again, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 6, 47, most assuredly, here again, Jesus speaking, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. Now let's clear this up and make sure everyone understands how a person gets attached to the living God. I think basically there are three kinds of faith. One is what I call head faith. I believe there's a God. Guess what? The book of James says the devil believes that much. In fact, the book of Psalms says only a fool doesn't think there's a God. Head faith isn't enough. What about hand faith? Tell me what to do. Tell me how many good things I need to do to get to God, to be right with God, to go to heaven. That's what the rich young ruler thought when he came to Jesus and said, what good thing do I yet need to do? Because he was a good guy. He was a religious guy. But he didn't understand. It's not head faith. It's not hand faith. It's heart faith. Believe with your heart the Lord Jesus and thou shalt be saved, Scripture says. John 3.16, a familiar verse to most people, talks about belief. This belief is establishing the relationship with the living God. Jesus came to die for the sins of mankind on the cross. That's what he was doing there. And when he did, he purchased the gift of eternal life, which he offers freely to mankind if they but receive it by trusting him as their Lord and Savior. That's how that relationship is established, not by head or hand, but heart. It's a relationship, not a religion. Branches. God the Father, the vine dresser, Jesus the vine, we as believers are branches. I looked into this branches thing a little bit because I don't know anything about vineyards at all. I, I don't think I've even been in one, but I, I looked into it a little bit. And one of the things it pointed out to me, the source that I consulted, was branches don't produce fruit to feed themselves but others. And I thought, that's a really nice picture of the believer, isn't it? We exist to produce fruit for others, to feed others. 
not for ourselves. We don't exist for ourselves. We are saved to serve. I've heard it called. We're not about being getters. We're about being givers. Winston Churchill said we make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we, what we give. And I think that's a real nice motto for believers. Our life is about what we give. And the goal for branches is to bear fruit, verse 2 says, and more fruit. And verse 8 talks about being, bearing much fruit. That's what we're about. And then when I was reading about the vineyards and the grapes and the branches and how they do all of that, the, the word pruning came up and I thought, been there. Yeah, I've been pruned by the Lord a few times, probably needed it a few more times. It's difficult and it's painful and it's not something I look forward to. I don't pray to be pruned. Anybody here pray to be pruned? I don't. But you know, the branches in the vineyard are pruned for a purpose. And the purpose is not persecution. <laughs> it's preparation to make them better, stronger, healthier, produce better fruit. That's why Jesus prunes us. Now, to be clear, I'm not talking about the times I've done something ignorant and I'm just suffering consequences. That's not pruning. That's me. That's on me. But I'm talking about those things sifted through the hands of God for the purpose of preparing the branch to produce fruit. More fruit. Better fruit. So it's one of those times that it's not so much asking the question in the midst of the pruning, how can I get out of this, but what can I get out of this? Verse 3, you are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Remember, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, you guys are already clean. Wait a minute, what about Judas? Well, actually, Judas had already left the room when Jesus spoke these words. Verse 4, Remain in me, and I in you, just as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, but must remain in the vine, so neither can you, unless you remain in me. That trans translation I read uses the word remain, but several of them use the word abide. It's talking about the same thing. And when it says remain, it's not talking about making a decision, okay, am I going to stay with God or not? It's, it's not that kind of remain. It's deepening and developing the relationship I've established through faith with God. That's what that means. And by the way, remain, abide, is so critically important to this passage, it repeats time and time again. Depending on your translation, ten times you will see the word abide or remain. That's how important this point is. 
that Jesus is trying to drive home. We are branches, yes, and it's critically important we abide, we develop that relationship, we deepen that relationship, we grow that relationship. How do we do that? We're doing it right now in worship. We're doing it in our daily devotions. We're doing that in our prayer time. We're doing in that in our time of rejoicing and praising the Lord, talking to Him, sharing with Him, listening to Him. We are deepening and developing that relationship because that's how you, how you develop relationships, isn't it? You spend more and more time with the person. You get to know them better and better. And pretty soon you understand what they like and what they don't like and what they prefer and what they don't prefer. And In fact, my devotion a few months ago said the following thing. One of the benefits of meditating on God's word is that we grow to love what God loves and hate what he hates. When you are devoted to someone, you spend time with them, you listen carefully to them, and you really seek to understand them. Now that's abiding. That's growing and developing and deepening that relationship. One of my favorite Christian commentators has said this on the subject, the better we know Jesus, the more we will love him. The more we love him, the more we will obey him. And the more we obey him, the more we will abide in him. And the more we abide in him, the more fruit we will bear, and the more we will experience life overflowing. Now that's abiding. And ten times in this passage, Jesus says, abide, 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 abide. Develop that relationship. Verse 5, I am the vine, he reminds us. You are the branches. We've got that clear now. The one who remains in me abides in me and bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Fruit. Spiritual attributes, abilities that God plants and develops in our life. Proverbs says, the lips of the righteous feed many. It's about growing in personal holiness, love and joy and peace and kindness. It's growing to be more and more like the Savior because we're getting closer and closer in fellowship and relationship with Him. Serving and sharing. Paul considered giving to be a fruit. And parents, have you considered that some of your fruit involves your children? And then Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Have you ever found yourself as a believer trying to do a bunch of good things and they just, you got the right attitude and it's just not working out. You're, you're working hard at what isn't working. I remember a Sunday school teacher, one church I pastored, 
class was unhappy, the children were unruly, the parents were speaking to me often about the thing, and finally the Lord led for this dear lady who was miserable by the way, she wasn't happy teaching, she was miserable, finding another ministry in the church where she began to bloom if you will. And she said to me at one point, she said, you know, I never did really feel like I wanted to be in that class. But they kept announcing Sunday after Sunday, we need a Sunday school teacher for the children. And I finally decided, well, if, if I don't, they won't have a teacher. Well, she did, and they still didn't have one. You know what I mean? <laughs> but then she said, I knew I wasn't there because God led me there. It was just because I was trying to fill a gap, fill a hole. It just wasn't working. And she found a place where she really did belong and became happy. And the class got the right teacher and they became happy and the parents became happy and I became happy. And apart from me, you can do nothing. If you're just doing good stuff, I mean, good stuff is good. But I tell you what's great stuff, and that's being where God wants you to be. And God, God is not the author of confusion. He's the author of clarity. If you really want to know where God wants you to serve, if, if you really want to know what he wants you to do, open yourself and avail yourself to, to whatever God will lead you to do, and he will find a way to get you there. He just will. And it doesn't matter if you have the preparation for it, the education for it, the experience for it. It doesn't matter. If God wants you there, he'll put you there and he'll bless that ministry. Paul wrote in Ephesians 2.10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. We, are, we, as the branches, are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Verse 6 is the most difficult verse in the passage. It's the most controversial verse in the passage, and it says, If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown away like a branch and dries up, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Some commentators believe this verse is talking about people who are not genuinely attached to the living God. And by that, I mean making a superficial religious experience decision somewhere along the line that they didn't understand or didn't mean, and therefore they've been being religious off and on, probably more off than on, and it finally becomes what was always true. They never were attached. They were just religious, if that. I don't know. You make your choice on that. But what I want to make sure you don't take away from this verse is that a true believer, a branch, can lose their salvation. 
that you are a genuine believer, and at some point along the line, all of a sudden, you lose that salvation. I do not want you to come away from this verse with that, and I'm going to give you three reasons to understand the security of the believer if you don't already. And I'm going to turn over here to our, we've got a number of young people over in here, college, high school, and so forth. And I'm going to ask, does anybody in this section know the initials GPA? But I'm not going to talk about grade point average. But I am going to use those three initials to talk to you about the security of the believer because I don't want people to come away from this verse with that fear. G stands for grace. We're saved by grace through faith, that not of ourselves. It is a gift of God, as we explained earlier. So I've talked to some people along the line who think they can lose their salvation, and I say, well, how would that happen? And they begin to say something like this. Well, if I started doing these bad things or I started doing these, I stopped doing these good things, then, then God could jerk my salvation away. And I say, wait. Wait a minute, that doesn't even make sense. We obtain salvation by grace, as the Bible clearly says, and what you're saying is we must retain it by works. That's God changing his mind. I saved you. You didn't deserve it to begin with. I gave you a gift. You you obtained salvation by grace, and now I'm going to make you retain it by works. That just doesn't make sense. It's not biblical. It's not scriptural. It's not even logical. P, power. I've heard some people say something like this. Well, if I could just hold on to God, just just hold out, if I could just... It's not about that. It's about God holding on to us. Jesus said, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. A, adoption. In fact, the Bible even uses that term to talk about what God has done in relationship to us. Adopt us as children. His children. In John, as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons, the children of God. We've been adopted by God. Unless they've changed the laws, and frankly, they've changed a lot of laws along the way in my life, but uh, it didn't used to be you could disinherit someone you had adopted. God's going to do worse than that? No, if you're a branch, you are safe and secure by the power of God, by the promise of God, by the adoption of God. And finally, verses 7 through 11, they talk about the benefits of being a branch. Okay, we've talked about the pruning, and that isn't all that fun. But what about the benefits and blessings of being a branch? Verse 7, if you remain in me, abide in me, develop, deepen your relationship with me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Now, let's be clear again. We're not talking about, okay, you close your eyes right now and say, God, I want a brand new red convertible BMW parked out there in my car's parking space. That's not talking about that. 
That's talking about the deeper my relationship with the Lord, the more I develop that, the closer I get to God, the more I know what God wants and how he looks at things and how he feels about things, and the more intelligent my prayers become, quite frankly, the more mature my requests become, and the more and more I see my prayers being answered. One of the blessings of being a branch. Verse 8. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. One of the benefits of being a branch is you bear fruit. You produce fruit. Things begin to happen in your life that, that touch other lives and minister to people. And, and you see God working in and through your life. That's a blessing. Verse 9. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. Just close your eyes and remember those times where God's love just rushed over you, surrounded you, lifted you, touched you. The closer I get to the Lord, the deeper that relationship, the more I sense those experiences. Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love just as, my, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. We will obey his commandments. One of the benefits of being a branch is we choose to obey his, we want to obey his commandments because we know that his commandments are what's best for us. The Bible, I preached a message years ago that was entitled, The Bible, Man's Textbook in God's School of Life. And that's what it is. You want to know how to live, God's written it down for you. People who regard it as archaic and irrelevant are missing out on the most important information they could possibly receive. In terms of truth, in terms of right, in terms of wrong, Verse 11, Pastor Kevin shared this earlier. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy be may, may be made full. When the angel came to the shepherds on the hillside that night that the Messiah was born, the angel said to them, I bring you great News, good news of great joy. Same exact word that's used here. One of the benefits and blessings of being a branch is experiencing God's joy. Now it's fun and enjoyable to go to some things, to attend a concert or a movie or a, a, a gathering of friends. There's a lot of happiness to be had in this world, in this life, but nothing compares to God's joy. Why should I abide and remain and as this branch and continue to work on this relationship and spend time with the Lord and worship Him and praise Him and serve Him and read His Word. Why should I do all of these things? I will experience more power in prayer 
I will bear more fruit. I will experience the love of God. I will obey his commandments because I know they're what's best for me. And I will know God's joy. I don't know of anything in all the world that offers anywhere near this kind of a deal as is offered in the vineyard, God's vineyard, through his vine, Jesus, whom we as believers in him are attached. Band, you can come up. We began by considering our attachments in life. Our lives are in large part influenced and determined by our attachments. What we're attached to. Let me ask you a question. Are you attached to Jesus? Have you trusted him as your personal Lord and Savior? Accepting the free gift of eternal life that he offers us having paid sin's debt on the cross. Have you done it? I'm not asking you if you're religious. I'm not asking you if you're good. I'm asking you if you've trusted Jesus as your Savior. If you haven't, there is no better time. Just bow your head and say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I trust you today as my Savior. Take charge of my life. But what about if you are attached to Jesus? Is there something in your life that you need to begin working on today to become a healthier branch? Jesus said, I am the real vine. I'm the real thing. Branches that are attached to me can have a fabulous life, unparalleled anywhere else or by anything else. God bless you.